My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. I think especially as women in the empty nest, we don't have um, we don't have as much physical opportunity as our moms did to tell our quote testimonies um, to a big group of women or to a large you know large gathering. But what we do have is an online influence and the ability to write our stories down. Hey friend, welcome to the podcast. Are you wondering if Jesus is done with you? Well, he is not. When our nest empty, we get to serve Him in new places and new ways. Never has the church needed us more. So let's get busy because we're not done yet. Are you stuck wondering what you should even pray for your adult kids? I have a free resource to help you. Hop on over to my website, susankmacias.com, and sign up to join my newsletter. You will then receive a free book. It is a PDF download entitled Five Prayers for My Adult Kids. There are five specific prayers, and each of them have three verses that totally support from God's Word. Not only that we should be praying for these things, but exactly what to pray. God wants us to pray, and He shows us what we should pray. I can't wait to share it with you. Check it out. Welcome, friends, to this episode of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. Today, we have Brenda McDearman, and we're so excited to have you share with us today. Brenda, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Susan, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Brenda approaches life with a purposeful spirit of intentional adventure, whether she's enjoying a Texas day trip, fostering a new friendship, or memorizing scripture with her grandchildren. She loves to read, write, bake brownies, and explore. And she has also written a book, The Big Hunker Down, that we'll talk about today. Thank you for being on the podcast, Brenda. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Susan. Well, first, let's talk about um, just home life and as a mom. When you experienced the empty nest years, what was that like for you? Well, the empty nest years were still, you know, fairly full when we first began. Um, We had had three kids in different sports and different activities different schools, different stages of their lives. And so we really had experienced a lot of parenting years. I remember one year I calculated how many years I had driven carpool and it added up to 25 years. (laughs) And so by the time the empty, empty nest years rolled around, I'd say, you know, my husband and I were really pretty ready to do some things for ourselves. And and yet still, when that last one left the nest, it was um, it took several, several weeks, if not months, to get in the new groove. I think that's just really a hard thing. They are such a big part of your life and your thoughts and your calendar and everything. So it's a little hard to just jump in to a new life. I, I agree. So what blessings have you experienced in the empty nest years? 
Well, the blessings have been phenomenal. Um, you know, my husband and I decided in a midlife stage to move from Amarillo, Texas to Austin, the capital city, which is really about a good seven and a half hours from where we had lived. We had always lived in the Texas Panhandle. We'd grown up there. We'd met at college there. We'd raised our kids there. And so um, when an opportunity arose for us to move that far away, and still it's in Texas, but keep in mind, since it was further south, we who lived in Amarillo didn't want to go where it was hotter for vacation. And when we were growing up, we went to the mountains north. So really, even though Austin was a city in Texas, we just hadn't been there much. So when the opportunity arose and uh, we decided to go after a lot of prayer, um, we just decided this was God's plan, but we still didn't know how wonderful it was going to be. So we got to Austin and for the five years that we lived there, it was the number one place to live in the whole United States. There's plenty to do. It's absolutely beautiful. The weather's wonderful all the time. And these were, these were new concepts to us, that there was so much to do and that the weather's great every day of the year. So we jumped in, which was perfect. We had one child still in the nest. He was about to graduate high school and he was eager to go with us. So we took him to Austin. He ended up, you know, graduating from high school and moving that next year, but we were in full adventure swing. And so the empty nest started out with a bang for us and we did everything, you know, it was just kind of when bloggers were starting to write about, um, you know, their top 10 things to do everywhere and all that kind of thing. So we checked all the blogs, but I would ask people when I met them, you know, I was always meeting new friends, new people. And I would say, well, have you been to this place that I read about? And a lot of them would say they had not and that they even had lived there for 20 years and never done that. So instantly the adventurer in me decided that we should really go for the gusto. So we, we visited a lot of churches. We ate at a lot of restaurants. We hiked a lot of trails. We saw a lot of small towns. So we made the most of that first part. That's the biggest part of the empty nest blessing that we've experienced. I also think that the blessings have occurred with just a re- refocusing on our marriage. And we have said a million times, we have felt like newlyweds again. We downsized to an apartment from a big house on two acres. And so that was very um, full circle, you know, to when our early married life, we lived in a small apartment and um, cooked our meals together and all of that. So those have been huge blessings for us in the empty nest. That's a, that's a good word, you know, to find, to refine, I think in marriage, those places of, of remembering the two of you. And that's an adjustment at first, but can be a, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So you and your husband then at some point went through some difficult changes, um, which is what you wrote about in your book. So um, tell us a little bit short version of that. Okay. The short version is that, you know, I think for all of us, God uses certain things in our lives to really mold us and shape us and grow us to be more like him. So, and to trust in him more. So for us, that pattern that God has used in our lives has been job change. Some of the job changes have been unwelcome, like a layoff, a downsizing situation, and some have been, um, you know, by our own choice. So, Really, the downsizing and layoff issue started when we had already been married 18 years and my husband was on a clear path, you know, to on the corporate ladder. 
that God chose for us to be uh, downsized, just it was such a shock and everything. But then later, we experienced that uh, several times more. So we've learned a lot from that. And that's what I ended up writing the book about because it's kind of a hard topic. And um, I think we as couples who've been married longer should um, be aware that those things happen and we should find ways to minister to people because it was hard to find good advice. Um, Of course, there was advice for for college students looking for their first job, plenty of that, but there wasn't a lot of uh, resource or other friends to talk to who had been through that. And so I wrote the book to encourage people because every time, Susan, every time that God took us through a job change or a job loss, we came out on the other end hugely blessed in different ways, either just in different ways. It's been amazing what God has done through those struggles. That's a good word. God doesn't waste anything. And when we're going through those hard times, it can feel like maybe he looked away or got busy on the other side of the world. But the reality is right in the middle of that hard place. So your title, The Big Hunker Down, that sounds very Texas to me, being a Texas girl myself. So what does The Big Hunker Down mean? Well, I was thinking about how when you're in a season of job loss and job change and you're looking for the next job, there's a hunker down process. And I just, being a Texas girl, that's a that's a familiar term to me because growing up in Tornado Alley, um, we, we were always hunkering down for some storm or wind or um, blizzard. And so the hunker down is a time um, when you just are focused on getting through something. And it can be a storm, you know, literally where you're in the cellar. But for us, it was a visual term. So we were hunkered down at our dining room table with um, spreadsheets and LinkedIn posts and, you know, working the plan to get the next job. And um, during that hunker down process, there are certain steps to follow so that you can finally open up the cellar door and have the hoorah at the end. And that's what the hunker down has been for us. So if you're somebody that is struggling with job loss or, or your husband has a job loss and you're trying to figure out what to do through that process, this book has actual advice and steps to work through that. Is that true? That's true. And there's just seven, I call them takes cover strategies. And okay. so they correlate to what you do in an actual storm hunker down. And then they just are um, sort of, they sort of help you set the pattern, how to find that next job and how to stay focused, how not to lose yourself during the process, how to, um, you know, like how to accept the things you can't change. But then at the end, the last chapter talks about how to plan the party. I love that, Brendan. What I love is that you've taken the hard part of your life and turned it around to share what you've learned and to help other people grow out of that, which is a whole nother layer of, re- of God redeeming that story. So for somebody who's listening, who has a hard story, something they've gone through, and they're, they think maybe they have something to share, but they're a little nervous about it. Um, how did you be brave enough to start the process, to write the book, to share the story? What could you encourage them with? Well, I like that you said brave enough because I did not realize I've always been a journaler. I had started a blog. So I write blog posts and I had been doing that. 
But there's a difference between writing a blog post or a journal entry and writing a book that you think people are actually going to, that you have to be vulnerable in. And so, of course, this was a vulnerable story to tell. I wanted to be encouraging all throughout, but I was going to have to share some really personal things. And so uh, when I first started to write the book, it really took me some time to be brave enough. And so I certainly understand because when I tell people today, write your story, write your story, they will say, oh, I'm too scared or somebody will read it. (laughs) But, you know, I think especially as women in the empty nest, we don't have um, we don't have as much physical opportunity as our moms did to tell our, quote, testimonies um, to a big group of women or to a large you know, large gathering. But what we do have is an online influence and the ability to write our stories down. And publishing has never been easier. So um, when I first started to write it, I just actually had to make myself open up my laptop, get to the table every morning at four, have that really quiet, dedicated time to it and just write. And as I did, it became such a something I really looked forward to every morning. And I would write from about four to six, and then I would rewrite. You know, when I say four to six, I don't mean I was solidly writing. I would write a paragraph and rewrite it, look at it again, look up a word, something. And then when Mike would get up um, around six, then he would have his coffee. And I'd say, okay, listen to this. Does this sound okay? Does this? Because they always tell you to kind of read it out loud, and it sounds different than it does when you just see it on the paper. So it did take a lot of bravery. It took a lot of... Um, just a lot of um, willingness to tell our story, but that story is very important to the generations to come. Oh, I so agree. And, and, you know, even you also are speaking to our generation too, of who are going through Mm -hmm. that job loss, seeing the need, seeing that there wasn't a lot of information out there and being willing to use your story as a place to share that. So what have been, what have been the results? What have you seen coming out of having published the book? What I've seen coming out of publishing this book is that so many people are really um, eager to do it themselves, and they needed me to encourage them to write their own story. I've also heard many examples of people who have actually lost their job, and maybe they've already found another one, but they've expressed to me the loneliness that they went through during the process and how they wish they had had something like my book and the voice that they hear through it of someone who understands. So I've I've seen plenty of that. We have one friend who told us that um, he was, he was in a job situation where it was a mutual agreement that he leave. And, um, but he had read my book and there's a, a portion in there about leaving well and how as believers, we, we can't really afford to, you know, throw a, throw a big fit, you know, and we need to leave well. And also, Um, just the benefits that come from that. Someone sees how you leave and they may want to help you, you know, down the road. And I use the example of Joseph in the Bible, um, how he was, he was in the hyper down for a long time, you know, and he thought nobody was listening, nobody was there. Um, But he, he just kind of kept being patient. And some of those things are in the book, but that's what I've seen is people have said, I'm so glad I got to read your book because it gave me some hope. Um, and it also helped me to know that somebody understood. Yeah, that's 
a great way to put the value of sharing our stories is that people don't feel as alone when they hear that somebody else struggled with the same thing. And they're hearing from someone who's come out on the other side. So then that can give them hope. So how did you, uh, experiencing the self-publishing journey? I've been through on that same journey. How did, how did you find that? Well, I had watched another lady on Instagram who had been through her book publishing process. And I had watched her over the last couple of years, how that worked for her. And she actually was able to find an agent through a friend and then published with Thomas Nelson. And I started thinking, okay, I guess I need to find an agent. That is very hard. You probably know that. That's a hard thing to do. So then I thought, okay, and you know, I did some research and self-publishing seemed the way to go. And I thought, well, what if, can I just, you know, can I ask Thomas Nelson (laughs) to publish my book? And I realized you have to go through the back door with big publishers and there's just so much um, behind the scenes that as a, when you start writing a book, you don't realize, I think whenever, when I was like in high school or something, I remember seeing that you could just type up a manuscript and put it in a manila envelope and send it to a publisher. That's not the case. And so what you have to do is kind of go through their self-publishing, you know, subsidiary or something like that. So when I looked at Thomas Nelson, I saw the way to go through Westbow was the way for me to get in that door. And so that's what I did. So I did, you know, self-publishing, you pay for the publishing of your own book and you can do it yourself, like on Amazon or something, but, I needed the um, the guidance that that pub, that publishing company gave to me, and they designed the cover. and It was a little bit more for me um, a walk through than it would have been if I had done each step on my own. So I liked that. I think Westbo was easy to work with for me, and I came away with something that I thought was a good. You know, it looks nice, and I, I'm very proud of the book. So. That's how self-publishing worked for me. You may have found that a little different for yourself. And I know that um, some some people actually just design their own covers or find a, a cover designer themselves. Um, but for me, I just used them to do all that. And that's an encouraging um, word for somebody who's thinking, okay, I'm going to probably have to do self-publishing, but I don't want to do all that myself. There are a lot of companies out there that will walk you through the, um, the whole process of, of publishing. So just for everybody to know, there's as many flavors as there are ice cream in self-publishing. And so, so there's many, many options and that's a, that's a great thing to know. Okay. So you have also using one of your things you're doing in these years is you have a fun adventure Instagram site. Tell us about that. Yes. And so when we did make that big move to Austin, I decided I would start writing a blog. And then I then I realized that um, social media is where you get the word out about everything, of course. And then I started really taking a liking to Instagram. And I took a class with Ruthie Gray from RuthieGray.mom, who now does authentic online marketing. But I just kind of hopped into a class that she had offered um, on Instagram. And it was great. And it showed me, she, she takes you step-by-step how to actually do it. So once I kind of got in the groove of posting things on Instagram, I started having a little bit more of a schedule and a theme. And my purpose is to use Instagram to encourage Texans over 50, but anyone, of course, 
anyone over 50, to live with the spirit of intentional adventure every day, like an everyday life. And that might be, honestly, that might be trying a new a new blend of coffee. It might be making a new friend, but it can easily be also taking a big trip all the way around Texas. So I try to um, practice what I preach and I take some big excursions, some small day trips, and then I try to make adventure out of every day. So that's what I do with my Instagram account. I would like to, I don't do anything on Twitter. My Instagram kind of feeds over onto Facebook. I want to do a little bit more with that, but, um, but I really like that Instagram presence and the friends that I've made there. You know, the interesting thing about Instagram is, especially when you're doing it um, and meeting other Texans is that you can actually meet up with some of your Instagram friends. And so I've enjoyed that. I met um, Kathy Ladansky and Melinda Patrick. They were here for a podcasting conference in Dallas and I've met them for lunch. And then there was a friend of mine from Instagram who, who was actually in Austin last weekend when I was there, but we didn't, we didn't know each other was going to be there. And I thought I saw her from a little distance. And I thought, I tell my husband, that looks like one of my Instagram friends, but that can't be her. She doesn't live here. And so I messaged her and I said, were you in Austin? Because I thought I saw some, somebody looks just like you. And she said, yes, I was. And here's where I was. And I said, oh my goodness, that was you. And I wished I had said something because when you correspond on Instagram and you actually know these people's lives and you see their children and their stories through, through their posts, you feel like you know them. And I felt like I knew her and I wish I had said hello so we could have actually, you know, hugged in real life. That's so great. I love your idea of getting out and, and finding the adventure um, in where you are. When we were in the military, we moved. 11 times in 20 years. And so it was the same kind of experience you're saying when you would get to Austin, we would get somewhere and I would immediately, I'm a history girl. So I'm looking up, you know, what's the battlefield or what's the, you know, great thing to go see. And the people who'd lived there their whole lives were like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, but we had, we were in a hurry because we only had two years in this place. So we had to see stuff quick and it's easy once you live somewhere to lose that intentionality. So, well, if you ever want to come to San Antonio, I will take you on a tour of the missions and some of the great stuff down here that we have to do and it, and That's, great food. We have great you food. know what? I'll take you up on that because I've been to the river walk and a couple other things, but I have not toured the missions. So I'll yeah. take you up on that. We'll do that sometime. Okay. It's so cool. See what fun you can have with Instagram friends. Know, okay. Everybody, uh, you need to. Get over and um, follow Brenda. I will have links to all of her uh, her book and to her Instagram account on my show notes. But what is your Instagram account, Brenda, so they can go look you up right now? Okay, it's Texas over 50 spelled out. So Texas over F-I-F-T-Y. You and you will find me there. Awesome. Well, it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you for your for sharing your story and then for encouraging my readers as well for what God has brought them through. They have a story to share and they have things that will help someone else um, that's behind them on the road to make it and to go through. So, and for your encouragement to live with adventure, that's what we need to do in these empty nest years where we don't need Mm -hmm. to be boring. We can be fun. That's right. That's right. I agree with that. Thank you for your time, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I really enjoyed this. 
Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 